Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Six Degrees of Leadership podcast. My name is Brian Hendricks, and I will be your host in this series, which is built around helping each of us be the best leader we can be in our daily and work lives. In each episode, I will interview one person about what leadership means to them and how we can implement some of their everyday practices into our own lives. I hope to create a network of leaders worldwide, whether we have the official title of leadership or not. I can't tell you how excited I am for our very first episode. I had a great conversation with a friend of mine who has been leading for as long as I've known him. Kyle Wilcom is a best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Action Pack Leadership. During our conversation, Kyle has excellent insights into leadership, communication, and motivating others while still being true to ourselves. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Six Degrees of Leadership. My name is Brian Hendricks. I am your host. And like I said, this is the very first episode. So uh, this is a project that I have been thinking about, telling everybody about for the last five years and didn't get to do it, didn't start doing it. Um, my my guest today is a, is a friend of mine, someone I met years ago. We're going to talk about his book. And, and one of the things he talks about in his book is the hardest part is getting started. It's getting in motion. So we are finally getting in motion here with the six degrees of leadership, which brings me to our very first ever guest. A, a, at this point, Kyle, I'm going to call you a good friend. Um, we've known each other for well over a decade, going back to our college days. Um, we've always kind of followed each other from afar, I'll say, and kind of have recently, re- recently reconnected. So uh, my guest today is entrepreneur, I'll call you, uh, author, father, husband, overall leader in all aspects of his life, uh, Kyle Wilcom. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is an honor to be your first guest. When I when I was going through, you know, you have your list when you do a podcast of all the guests you want. And I, you know, put together my list. I'm like, who would be like a really good, not just entertaining, but get get us thinking. I'm like, well, that's Kyle. So I'm, yeah. I'm honored to join me today. Jeff Bezos couldn't make it. Mark Cuban right. couldn't be here. I, so, so here I am. I'm yes. on the podcast. Right. You, we, we will say outside of, you know, the Bezoses, the Gates, you know, you were one F of the top yeah. tier. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. Thanks. You didn't put yeah. me at two or three. Uh, I'm just in the right. same category. You're in the same category. Down the list. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, okay, good. Um, so one of the things that, that I, I kind of want to jump into this right away and talking to people throughout the years, something that everybody's always interested in learning, interested in knowing is I call your origin story. You know, I'm a big comic book movie guy and most movies are start. Hey, here's this character's origin story. How did they get to where they are? So, you know, in the intro, you heard me talk about all the different things that you've done, you know, at a very young age in, in the leadership world, in life. So I want to know, and I say young age, and that's more of a reflection of how I feel too. Like we're not that young anymore, but you know, relatively we can be. Relatively young, yeah. Yeah. But but how did you get here? How did you get to where you were? You know, what what is your origin story? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I love that you brought the comic book aspect to it because I do think a lot of origin stories can either push someone to be the villain or try to be the hero. And and I think there's always this kind of dividing 
path and people go one way or the other. And um, I'll get to that in just a moment. But, uh, you know, growing up, I was always very interested in leadership. I was in organizations. I was in sports. When I went to college, uh, I was in the Army ROTC for a year. Um, I spent a very, very short amount of time as a walk-on on a Marquette men's basketball team um, and then became a manager, you know. And, um, and through a lot of these experiences, just started to see, oh, wait, there are amazing things that coaches are doing really well to inspire their players. Oh, there, there's amazing things that these majors and colonels are doing to inspire their cadets in the Army RTC program. And, and then you start getting internships and you're like, oh, wait a second. Like some of these CEOs, some of these VPs, some of these people in these businesses are doing some amazing things that are really pushing for the best in the people that are working for them. And I just got inspired in so many different ways. And as that kept happening, I continuously thought, why didn't I know this when I was in high school? It just continuously kept being this thought, like, why didn't I get any of this in high school? And truth be told, I probably did get a little and just wasn't listening, (laughs) which is probably how a lot of high school students are. But at the time, I just was like, there's none of this. There's none of it out there. It's not happening. We're so focused on math and science and English that we're forgetting how to teach people how to be people. Mm -hmm. And so I I just got really into that idea of what does leadership look like when it's really, really just like feathered down into the most foundational principles of it. And and that that was very much the key concepts to my first book, Wake Up Call, Mm -hmm. is is what are the initial things I want to get out there to young people that, that I think would help them pursue a better path in their life. Um, and then just to get to the, the villain hero part of this story is, is I, I left that path for a little bit and I joined a marketing startup. Mm-hmm. I was the first employee. We built it to be a million dollar business. It was going well. We were excited. And then I got fired. And, and this was just this like blew my mind. I didn't know where my future was headed at that point. And, you know, I had a friend who really kind of spoke some life into me and said, what, what do you want to do? Like, what are you passionate about? Where are you going to take this? Cause you could spend your whole life being bitter about it or being right. frustrated or being angry, or you can start your own business. You can move to a city you think is cool. You can, you know, pursue the passions that you've always had, but haven't had time for. Mm-hmm. So I, I started speaking to young people. Uh, I started my business action packed leadership, wrote a book of the same, the same name. Yeah. I got it right here. It yeah. is wonderful. We'll, we'll, we're going to take a deep dive into this later on because this, uh, Kyle and I were talking about this is incredible. This is this is a textbook on how to build leaders within yourself, within a team, within a school, within an organization, a business organization. It is it is a textbook on how to do it. So I love it. I appreciate that. So so that that's kind of my story. I, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. I started my business. I met the love of my life. We got married. Uh, moved out to Colorado. Um, I've now spoken in forty seven different states. So kind of a a fun fact. That is. Um, right, so what are the three you haven't hit yet? I have not spoken in Hawaii, Rhode Island, or West Virginia. Okay. I think all three are very doable. And you know, yeah, if you need yes. a, if you need a partner for that Hawaii trip, be yes. happy to join me. Yes. I'll call you up. I, yeah. It's funny because I've driven from one speech to another, uh, from Connecticut to Massachusetts, and uh, drove right through Rhode Island and kind of waved on my way. But I've never actually spoken to any groups there. Yeah, like one of like, is one of those like, hey, I'll be here soon, hopefully one day. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to pick on something you said. So 
you know, you join this marketing firm, you know, almost right out of college you know, and turn, help turn it into a million dollar company, which is an incredible feat on its own. After you get fired, you know, you mentioned you go one way, you go another way. And that obviously you chose, we're going to call it the hero path. But at that moment, what was it for you to say, all right, I'm getting out of marketing and I want to go into leadership. I want to make a connection with the youth, you know, with high school age students in leadership. What, what was it that were you like, you know, I'm, I'm done with this part of my life, that marketing part, and I'm going to, I'm going to take a risk and go over here. Yeah. I think part of it was just where my heart was. Mm-hmm. I think a part of me said marketing is cool, but yeah. I don't necessarily need to help businesses. I don't truly care about be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was one piece of it there where I said, I'm not so passionate about bringing on clients just because they can pay us well. Right. Um, and it kind of, you know, it, it moved me totally to that other direction of, well, then what am I really passionate about? What, what am I going to wake up in the morning and be excited about doing? What, what's going to not just be like, hey, in, in three months, if this isn't working, what's going to either like push me to continue on or to iterate or to, to figure it out? Like, what am I not just going to quit if it's right. not going exactly the way I thought? Yes. Because if if anyone here who's listening is interested in starting a business, I'm going to break some news to you right now. It's not going to go exactly the way you think it's going to go. You might be successful like that. That might go your way, but it might not be in the way you thought. Like, Mm -hmm. so so you truly have to have the energy, the passion for it to actually keep pushing forward when it doesn't go your way. Um, So, so it really came down to like, Hey, what were the pivotal times in my life? and, And what do I wish I would have known then? Mm-hmm. And I continuously came back to that of, I wish I would have known how to be a better leader, how to build trust, how to communicate more effectively. Like th- those types of things at a foundational level can help anyone. doesn't matter what stage of this life journey you're on. Um, but hearing about those things earlier from someone who's hopefully moderately engaging yes. uh, can hopefully push some of those younger people in a positive direction too. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we both teach leadership for a living outside of, you know, writing and podcasting and all that. And I think one of the things that the feedback I get, and I, and I assume you get it too, uh, is I wish we would have had this in high school, or I wish we would have got this when I was younger. And for you, you're doing that. Like you are doing that for those future leaders right when they need it the most, I'll say. Yeah, it, it's, it's exciting. I am excited about it. It's what keeps me going. Um, mm-hmm. I know, we went back and forth for quite a while getting a time yeah. on the calendar to be on this, <laughs> but I, I'm very zoned in. I, I said at the very start of this year, I said, my two big things for this year is I want to be a great dad mm-hmm. and I want to do a lot of speeches. And so far this year, it's been my, my most busy year yet from a speaking standpoint. And, and to me that, that isn't representative of the things that, just I'm doing or like my business growing, it's hopefully representative of the spark that is needed in these schools or organizations. And hopefully I'm delivering that. Now I will say like, if I go and give a one hour talk, that's great, but it is just a spark. And we, we do need to continue like, like you do some of this is, is training people to foster that spark and build the flame in others mm-hmm. to be those leaders for young people. I work with teachers, I work with advisors or, uh, you know, 
counselors and, and, and work with them on, on how do we continue to build this flame? How do we work on building this fire so that we don't have this spark for a week and a half right. and, and we forget and we're done with it? Right. I, I could not agree with you more. I think that's, that's what I hear a lot of times too is, okay, what's next? How do we continue this? How do you, and I like what you said, taking that spark and turn it into a flame. You know, how many times have you or I or any of our listeners gone to a great professional development piece? You know, you have a great instructor, you love it, you get a lot out of it. And then in two weeks, you're like, oh, wait, I should probably continue to do what I heard. And, and I think you're right. It's, we can't forget. We have to keep leadership and communication and all those different skills top of mind. Because if we do, I feel like that's what makes us a better leader because we're continuing to grow. Absolutely. And there are definitely people who can keep people fired up about. Yes. That, mm-hmm. That's what leadership is, right? It is, yeah, it is. influencing others to do positive. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, the, the teachers in schools, the, the student leaders, when you get students in school who are really bought in mm-hmm. to making their school culture great, the, those students aren't just giving up after a day or two. Right. They're pushing other students to be better, to do better, to join groups, to, to be the best versions of themselves. And mm-hmm. then you get this peer-to-peer leadership. It, it's awesome when you see it done well. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know it's sunk in is when it's no longer you, know, you or the teacher or the CEO providing that motivation, that, that positivity. It's when it's peer-to-peer, when it's team member to team member, then you know that's become that, this buzzword culture. That's to me when it gets to be culture. Yes, I love that. It's, uh, I don't know if you've seen this. Have you ever seen Derek Sivers' three minute TED talk about how to start a movement? No, but I will be checking it out after we're done. Yeah, here. check it yeah. out. It's short. It's one of my favorites of all time. Okay. So I think listening to this, check it out. Yeah. But Derek Sivers gives a, sh- a short TED talk about how to start a movement. And he very much he, he shows a funny video of a man dancing. Then someone else joins that man dancing. And instead of, that man's still doing his own thing. He, he turns to this guy and just welcomes him with open arms and does some crazy dance moves and shows him how. And what ends up happening is this first follower turns and he, he motions to all his friends to come and dance too. And these friends come and then more people join and it becomes just this huge dance party. And, and the big lesson, the big takeaway was that it's not just about the hero or the leader. It's often about welcoming the first follower, making them feel comfortable, teaching them well how to do the right things, and making them feel so passionate about what's happening that they're going to invite their friends, their followers, and be a part of this. And that hopefully is going to be exponential then after that. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's something that you talk about in your book. You talk about you know quite a bit. And I think the quote was, enthusiasm loves company. And what I love about that is, you know, throughout my, throughout my life, throughout my career, I keep hearing, well, how do I motivate people? How do I motivate this generation? How do I motivate this style of person? How do I motivate this? It's motivation. So I'm assuming for you, enthusiasm loves company. That's part of motivation, but, but what do you recommend? What's your advice on how do you go out and motivate different people? Yeah. Motivation is, is often tough because people are looking for a mirror of themselves. Mm-hmm. People don't want someone who are, who's at a 10 at enthusiasm when they're at a two. And so I think a part of big part of being a leader is about understanding where other people are at, having empathy for other situations, meeting people where they are on that journey and then building them up as a piece of that process. 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's where motivation comes from. It's not about, hey, I'm in your face. I'm rah, rah. I'm sprinkling confetti and just like throwing decorations around. Yeah. Like that is going to turn a lot of people off. What it is, is it's meaningful conversations. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just finished watching this show, so it's relevant to me right now. But there's a, there's a show called Afterlife. Um, if you're a young person watching this, don't watch it. It's pretty vulgar, um, but more, more adult audiences. Yes. Yes. More adult audiences. But, um, th- there are lots of very deep moments in this show. And in a lot of those moments, um, the main character, Ricky Gervais will ask one of his colleagues, do you want to go grab a tea? And they go, they sit down. And most of the time it ends with both of them crying and, <laughs> But, but it's just meeting someone right where they are in that moment on their journey. And I think so much of motivation stems from that. It's not just about how early can we set our alarm clock? How much can we grind throughout the day? How can we push to be more productive? Like sometimes it's just about, hey, where are you at? And how can I encourage you in this place that you're at? To, to either get through it, to grow from it, or to be a better version of yourself in the midst of it. Those are, yeah. those are just like, I think the foundational aspects of leadership. I love that. The, the idea of I'm going to meet you where you are. I'm not going to expect you to meet me. I'm coming where you are as a leader. Like to me, that's versatility, right? That's, mm-hmm. that is what you just said. It. That is what, you know, if you're building a leader, that's the base foundation right there. Yeah. Nothing has ever made more sense to me than when someone said, look, the golden rule is great. Treat others how you want to be treated. But the platinum rule is usually love the platinum rule the way they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and if if we're just treating people the way we want to be treated, we're probably missing the mark. Yes. I love that. That's that's awesome. So kind of building up motivation and, you know, knowing you, I know how positive a person you are. in all your books, you talk about the power of positivity. You talk about how that is. And I think we can all agree positive environments are more productive than negative environments. But in today's world, it's really hard to bring that positivity all the time. So how, how what advice can you give to leaders? What, what can you offer them to say, keep it positive, even in the light of it doesn't feel that way? Yeah. Well, one thing I would say is I do think there is, a, is such thing as toxic positivity. Okay. Talk to me about that. Yes. So I do think that at times in our lives, we might not be in the best place and and maybe it's very warranted. Like that's okay. Like maybe someone in your life passed away and that's sad. Like you're going to grieve that. That's, I'm not going to jump into that situation and be like, wouldn't it be better if you were happy right now? (laughs) Like that, that would be pretty toxic of me to do. Right. And and so I do think like that, that empathy piece needs to be there. Mm -hmm. Having said that, knowing that we aren't going to be over the top positive, we're going to still understand where people are and meet them there. Mm -hmm. Positive is better than negative. Yes. We all know a Debbie Downer who's just going to bring the situation down no matter what it is. I I knew someone once uh, who worked at some basketball camps and I had a seventh grader, seventh grader, who like was real close to dunking the basketball. Wow. And I, it was blowing my mind. I was like, this kid is incredible, right? Yeah. And we get to our lunch break and this guy who was working at this basketball camp was like, everything sucked today. And I just couldn't, I couldn't understand where he was coming from. Right. And so I, I think 
the question is around like, okay, like how do you motivate someone like that? Mm -hmm. And I, and I think like for, for very positive people, it's, it's taking a step back. It's asking great questions and then it's leading by your example. Like, so if, you know, I were asking him a question of like, Oh, what, what was so bad about it? And then he expounds on that. You might say like, Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't see some of that. I did see one space where this happened okay. and y- you might reframe that conversation, right? Not, not mm-hmm. saying that they're wrong because right. there are lots of different ways to look at things in our lives, but leading the conversation, um, you know, is Part, part of leadership is, is leading in every aspect, whether you're, right. you're showing it, you're telling it, you're, you know, mm-hmm. is it verbal? Is it, you know, the way that, it, or, or is it just the way you make someone feel, you know? Yeah. And, and I just think that like the most productive people, the people that are going to give the most, that are going to get the most motivated are the people who have values aligned, mm-hmm. who have a shared vision. Mm-hmm. And, and who are consistently reminded that they are a key piece to that vision, that, that they matter, that they, that they're like, that they, they make a difference that it's not, not just to like puff them up, but, but to remind them of who they are, that, they, that they're an important piece of the puzzle that we're creating um, in ev- every group, every organization, every culture that you're creating, like, aligned values, shared vision, and then consistent reminders that people matter, that, that's going to push you to a, a higher level of success. Yeah. Those are three great pieces to it. But that last piece hit me. That last piece of those constant reminders. And to me, that's a form of maybe it's positive feedback. Maybe it's just showing appreciation. I mean, um, I've seen so, so often people who are the best at their jobs feel the least appreciated when they're working. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you say, well, why are they quitting? They're so good. They're not getting that positive reinforcement or that really simple thing, a thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes companies, and I think um, one space that I've learned a little bit about it are hospitals, okay. especially through COVID and how yes. nurses have been treated and, mm-hmm. you know, just shutdowns and, oh, we, we appreciate you, but we're not going to, drop your hours down, or we're not going to give you these benefits, or we're going to, you know, consistently make policies that don't work well for you. And and I think that um, it was a good example of a time when we don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to make you feel like, it's cool if you show up and clap one time. Yes. Yeah. But from a management perspective, you know, are there thank you cards going out? Okay, that's five bucks. You know, are you going to send a, a Christmas card or are you going to put, you know, a box up on one of the doors that says, hey, when you see one of your colleagues doing something amazing, put a little note in the box. We're going to read that at our, our work meetings. We're going to appreciate that person. We're going to make them feel valued. And, and I think that, like, it, it's one thing if we clap for these people one time while they're doing an right. amazing thing that's literally saving thousands or millions of lives, you know. Right. It's another thing if on a very personal level, we're finding ways to appreciate and to value the people in our care. Yeah. And, and on a consistency, like you're talking about. Yes. So, so I want to bring it back to kind of those high school age kids or almost this younger generation is this idea of um, Frederick Herzberg's a, a psychologist. I'm going to butcher this quote. So I'll add the actual quote into the show notes afterwards so we can do it. Okay. But he talks about how money is 
will always be a, a big influencer in decisions. But on top of that, this younger generation really, really wants to feel appreciated, to be able to be developed, to know that they've done a good job. You know, how does that work? This idea of appreciation and showing that to this younger generation or even to this high school age who are going to be the next leaders. What, what have you seen kind of around that? Yeah, I, I will say, I think there is, um, with every new generation that comes up, mm-hmm. the older generations call them entitled. Yes, every time. It's, it's, it's going to be, you know, yes. death taxes and calling young people entitled. <laughs> and so I think that, um, you know, there is some of that right now where we say, well, you know, everybody just wants to be a TikTok influencer. Like mm-hmm. everybody just wants to make YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to, to just slow down, look where the world is at, understand yeah. where they're coming from, why they might want to do this. We built it this right. way. Right? <laughs> and, and so um, I, I just think that um, there, there is a difference between just puffing up an ego Mm-hmm. and recognizing and appreciating appropriately for something that's done. So, you know, if I'm a high school student, to be really honest, like the, the students that I work for, work, I do say work for. I love that. I love that. I provide a service, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like, you know, if I, if I were to send them a personal text, that's good. If I were to give them a personal phone call, that is better, right? Right, right. If, if I were to find a way to look them in the eyes, maybe through Zoom or maybe I'm in person at an event and mm-hmm. say something meaningful, that's going to be the best. Yeah. And, and I think that like we, we constantly need to recognize that, that there are layers to this. So if, you know, a student does something that we like if a young person does something that we want to appreciate them for, we don't always have to be like, Oh my gosh, you're so special. You're so amazing. What, what, what an outstanding performance you just made. And the kid is like, I just opened the door for someone, you know? Right. right. But we, we might sit down with them, like aside from anyone else and just make it a personal moment where we say, Hey, I wanted to provide, I wanted to bring some gravity to this moment. Mm-hmm. because I noticed something that you did that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And the seriousness of that, to, to slow down this world that moves so fast. It's like, hey, thanks for opening that door. And then you walk through the door and it's so quick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think with young people, we, we just need to add some gravity yeah. to the things that we're really appreciating and, and the things that we value. And, and when we add that gravity to the situation, we we bestow upon that situation importance. And when we bestow importance, it's going to be something that they might remember for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's something that, that I need to do in my talks. I think it's something that teachers and counselors and student council advisors could maybe do a little more often Mm -hmm. is for the only time I ever got kept after class is if it was a bad thing. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that like, you know, for, for 10 seconds every day, could you as a teacher keep one student after class for 10 seconds to mm-hmm. say something positive to them? Mm-hmm. Every, every day, one time per day, 10 seconds. You're not taking too much of their time, but hey, can I talk to you for a second? Hey, I noticed that when I said it was time to work today, you got right to it and you're probably done. Like, that's awesome. Just wanted to say thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Like, 
what a moment that becomes, right? Right. Right. But, but we give compliments expecting them to be big in people's lives in the midst of very fast moving lives. Mm-hmm. And when we take moments to add gravity, to slow it down, to, to bestow importance on it, I think that that means a lot to young people. That's going to last a lot longer than some of the other things that they might get. Yeah. You know, I must say that that means a lot to a lot of people to, to yeah. use, it's that, slow it down and make this, Hey, Maybe small to you, but to me, it meant something. I, I, that is fantastic advice. Yeah. I, I feel like one, there was one time and it, it, it was almost embarrassing for me, but yeah. like I had to just go with it because it was, I got this, I, I had just been speaking. I was on the road for a, quite a long time mm-hmm. and I was in North Carolina and I was at a speaking event and this state officer um, had written me a, a thank you note. Mm-hmm. and handed it to me. And I don't know what it was about this moment. I just started like crying. Okay. It was so touched by, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I was so right. touched by this thank you note. I just, and she said, are you crying? And I'm like, this just <laughs> actually like means a lot to me like right mm-hmm. now. And she was like, oh, like it does. And I'm like, yes. Like, I know it probably doesn't mean that much. Like you did this for a lot of people. Because you're a state officer, you write the thank you notes for your conference, but like, Mm -hmm. it means a lot to me. And, and it's funny to me because, um, this person, this was about five years ago or so still, I see them like, will like my Instagram stories, will Mm -hmm. reach out from time to time. will like say little things here or there, like on my social media. And I just feel like that moment of vulnerability, I could have locked inside. I could have choked it up. I could have said like, not showing this because I'm a man, but right. I didn't, I didn't do it in that moment. And I just feel like the personal connection that was made from that moment mm-hmm. is, is something that I'm probably never going to forget, but I, I do think it's clear that this person probably won't forget it either. Right. Well, and again, I think that shows you how important that positivity is or that appreciation can be. And what I'm probably going to tell you, Kyle, is that person that wrote that note will probably forever write thank you notes now. Yes. Yeah, that's saw that, hey, this made an impact on somebody. That not that what, why we're leaders? We want to impact people's lives. Yeah. Boom. I'm doing that all the time. Every time there's ever a speaker or anything, I'm writing thank you notes because I saw Kyle react that way. Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned before, before we even started, but uh, Father Nelfs, he was an yes. amazing man. He was a person who worked at Marquette University. Um, just he's the person I think of when I think of kindness, compassion, yeah. generosity. Like Absolutely. he's the epitome. You know, yes. he he's the guy with the sparkle in his eyes. Anytime you see him, he's mm-hmm. the person who, no matter what, had time for you. He he was the guy, right? Yes. And I, sure. I just loved, and I share this with groups sometimes that he sent Christmas cards to everyone. And it didn't matter if he had just met you one time, he'd say, Hey, what's your address? I want to send you a Christmas card. Mm-hmm. And if you met him in June, he'd send you the Christmas cards in June. He would not wait till Christmas. And I just, I'll never forget receiving just a stack of Christmas yes. cards, huge stack. And, and if you're watching this, it literally was thick. He'd send you a ton of them. And, and he would say kind of like, Hey, like, these are also for you to spread joy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can use these cards. I, I, I ran out and I actually, like when I sent the last one, yeah, I teared up again. I don't want on this podcast to be, I'm not <laughs> a 
Hey, some, there's nothing wrong with it. I like that word, vulnerability. It's good. Yeah, fatherhood. I've, I, you know, it. Oh, we could do another whole podcast on fatherhood and what that leadership looks like. Yes, and yes, the emotional side is very different once once those kids come into play. Yeah, but I, I you know, I got a little emotional when I sent the last one mm-hmm. that I had from John Nows out. Um, but that was the type of impact that, that he, he made just, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it was much more than that, but that was like a small piece. And right. I, you know, coming back, I, I, I do think that a lot of times people want that, like they want the example, like, what can I do? What's yep. the practical thing? Mm-hmm. And what I sometimes come back to, and I mentioned this to you as well about mm-hmm. action packed leadership is that wasn't just a thing to mm-hmm. John Nels. That was a mindset. It mm-hmm. was coming from his kindness and compassion and generosity. It was coming from his loving heart. And so when people want things that are so practical, that that's great. I get that. Get, mm-hmm. get the ideas, right? Right. But the thing at the end of the day that is going to help you live a more purpose-filled life is finding this heart that a heart for kindness, for love, for compassion, for generosity, building that into your mindset so that you're going to come up with your own ideas. You're going right. to create your own practical action mm-hmm. items from, from your place of kindness. Like, and I think that sometimes gets, gets kind of fluffed over. Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I could send thank you cards. I could, I could hold the door open for people. I could do this. It's like, that's wonderful. I hope you do those things. And I hope those things kind of create in you the right. feelings that are, that are necessary to do mm-hmm. more from your own mind, mm-hmm. to be, you know, to, to bring that imagination to your, to your life and create kindness in other, you know, places that you didn't yep. have the example already, but you set right. the example. Yeah. And I think that's a great segue because I, I do want to talk about the book because it, it is, it is so good. And I mean that it, it is so good. Um, but it just makes so much sense. And you talked about that growth mindset and, you know, what I want to do is, and I'm I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about the whole book because I want people to go out and get it. And so they can look at it, but there were three things that as I was going through it, were almost reoccurring. And I don't know if you meant to have them be recurring themes or they just, it, it hit me. And so I just, I kept seeing, seeing them pop up. And that first was that idea of the growth mindset, you know, growth mindset, fixed mindset. You know, you saw that where, you know, one of the things you talk about is anybody can be a leader. Anybody. And again, this is kind of from the student perspective, you know, and you know, maybe we should start there. Let's start with the book itself before we get into the three takeaways. You know, you can tell I'm excited about it, but you know, before this book, you wrote two other books. Talk to me about kind of the process or the difference between those two books and how you got to action-packed leadership. Yeah. The the first book I wrote, I wrote while I was in college. So you can, you can kind of see that in the quality of the story, you know, (laughs) You continue to learn and to grow and to work on your yourself. And um, so that book is called Wake Up Call. That was just a, a story that I felt would hit young people in the right ways uh, about the five things they don't teach you in school. Very okay. foundational principles, lessons that could be taught to young people. Um, mm-hmm. The second book, I said, hey, you know what? Let's get this even pithier. Let's get this shorter. Let's make sure it's memorable. Let's make sure everything stands out that needs to. So I wrote it an even shorter, I call it a manifesto Mm -hmm. uh, called The Thinking Dilemma. It's just about your mindset, how you can approach it, how you can 
shift it or change it, move it in a more positive direction, why that might be a good idea and what at the end of the day that's going to do for you if you choose to do so. And then this book was, hey, let's let's get it out there. Let's yeah. tell some good stories at the front of every chapter, but let's also just let's hit leadership hard. Let's make sure that we have everything <laughs> a teacher might need for a high school curriculum to teach leadership in this book. And, and I think that was the goal. And now seeing my book used around the country in classrooms, it, it feels pretty good to know that that goal was achieved. Yeah. And I would say you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what this is. I mean, um, you know, kind of, we were talking before it's in my, in my opinion, when you get a good book, it's torn apart, right? It's highlighted, it's written. So I was flipping through and I'm like, oh, wow, there are not many blank pages left in this entire thing. Um, which let's talk about that first big takeaway is that growth mindset. And the, the quote that you had, and I have my notes, so I'm reading them here, is a simple change in mentality can make the difference between an average student and an exceptional student. I think you can extrapolate that between an average person and an exceptional person, an average employee and exceptional employee, an average leader and an exceptional leader. It comes down to mindset. So can you kind of talk about that fixed mindset versus the growth mindset? Yeah, um, there, there's a speech. It's from the late nineties, I think it's by Art Williams. I absolutely love it. Um, and he, he talks about how, uh, smart people just never get around to doing anything, how people can be really smart, but they don't do the things they need to do. And, and the difference a lot of times between average and exceptional is that the, the leaders do it, mm -hmm. do what, whatever it needs to get the job done. Yeah. Like they do it, they show up, they continue on. And, and I think that um, I, I love that speech so much because it really ties into the action piece of what I'm trying to teach. Yeah. But I also think the second layer to this is um, I, I have the action pack leadership framework in there, but I, I say this often that, that it's very circular that at the very top is our thoughts. Like our thoughts will always generate our actions. Our actions are going to deliver us outcomes and those outcomes can be good or bad. Like maybe we take positive action, but we don't get positive outcome. That happens. Like maybe we, you know, have a crush on someone and they don't reciprocate the feelings like that happens, you know, like you've put yourself out there, but you did not get the outcome you wanted. And so I think that last piece of the process is analyzing your outcomes. And that that's what you're talking about with growth mindset is how do we analyze our outcomes? What went well? What didn't go well? What could be improved upon? And when we analyze our outcomes, it leads us to the top of that circle again. We have new thoughts, which develop new actions, new outcomes. And if we consistently work on this loop, thoughts, actions, outcomes, analysis, like we're consistently growing, developing. And and that's not a thing that stops, by the way. Like, oh, oh no, 80 years old, you could 90 years old, still mm -hmm. analyzing the outcomes that you got. Hey, my grandkids didn't laugh at that joke I told. Maybe yeah. I'm not funny, or maybe right. I need to try some other jokes. Like, I don't know, you know? Right. But, but our growth mindset needs to be continuous. Um, and, and when it stops, I do think we become just a little bit of a lesser version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, I want to. I want to ask about that last piece, because I think that's a piece that, and guilty of this as well, I don't analyze a lot or I don't self-reflect is kind of how I picture this is self-reflect on what just happened or how I did that. How, how, how do you do that? How can you help young people do that? How can you help leaders do that? 
actually analyze that last piece of the whole process. How do we get better at that? Well, the first thing we need to do is eliminate most, if not all of the guilt or the shame that we're feeling. Because when we analyze our past self with the, with the lens of guilt and shame, yeah. we diminish our positive work mm-hmm. that we've done in the world. And, you know, then we're not analyzing, we're hyper-focusing on the negative. And our job isn't to judge ourselves. Our job is to get better. Mm-hmm. And we're not getting better when we simply look at what we did wrong. Mm-hmm. So when I say we need to analyze our outcomes, I, I think we need to just take it with an air of curiosity. Mm-hmm. We need to be curious. We need to say, what went right? What didn't go well? What could I improve upon? Where did I mess up? And not for the sake of holding myself over the coals, making myself feel bad, being like, I'm so dumb. I failed mm-hmm. that test or I'm never going to be good at this or I'm that type of analysis gets into guilt and shame and judgment. And that's not what I'm talking about. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the first thing we need to do is we need to say to analyze better, we need to be curious and not judgmental. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Barbecue sauce. (laughs) Barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. And and then beyond that, we need to create the space to do it. Because I think a lot of times we say, oh yeah, that's great. It's really good. Like thoughts, actions, outcomes, analysis. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's what, wow, Kyle, what a point. You right. know? And, and then in the course of our busy lives and our busy days, we don't take the two minutes necessary to say, all right, quick analysis. What mm-hmm. went well? What didn't go well? Not for the sake of judgment, but for the sake of the future me. Mm-hmm. What went well? What didn't go well? And I, I think like, there's spaces that only we can create, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and space for prayer, space for gratitude, space mm-hmm. for, um, you know, analysis of our past yeah. self, our behaviors. Yeah. Like these are spaces that we can't let other people just put it on other people to create for us. Right. We need to take the initiative to create that space. If, if you want a mindfulness practice, you have to create that space. If you want to meditate for the like five minutes a day, you have to create that space. And I think, I think it's about creating that space. Now, if we are in a position to create that space for someone else, mm-hmm. we can help be a conduit. So yes. if you're a teacher, an advisor, a principal, a counselor, if you are uh, an executive at a business, you know, you can facilitate this, this space. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't, expect people to facilitate it for you, but you can be the facilitator. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's, it's that, right? It's how do we eliminate judgment, take away the shame associated with past mistakes mm-hmm. and allow the space to be created for curiosity around what we've done or haven't done yeah. to make us better as we move forward in the future. Mm-hmm. Love it. And I think part of that is leading me directly to that second piece, that, that second standout for me. And you talked about communication throughout this book. I'm a comm major. I'm right there with you. That communication is key. Uh, and I've not heard this. So if you came up with this quote, I love it. No skill is as, is as essential in today's connected society as leadership communication. What the heck is leadership communication and why is communication so important? Yes. Uh, well, it's so important because leadership is influence. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're going to influence someone else, the first thing you need to do is build trust. Mm-hmm. And the way that you build trust is you communicate effectively what your goals, your vision, and your values are. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you're not communicating effectively, you're not approaching leadership in any sort of way. And I, I think that, um, yeah, that, that's the foundation of it. We communicate well to build trust with other people. Those in our care need to make sure that we know. So I say this a lot is, um, you know, if you want to get feedback, you can ask for it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get honest feedback, you first need to build trust. I like that. And so at the end of the day, leadership communication is simply building enough trust that your influence is going to be well used on the people who are looking to you for that influence or for that leadership. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. And I think it also, it ties into what you had talked about earlier with the platinum rule, treat others the way they want to be treated. That's what you're talking about. Leadership communication is not, here's how I communicate. And that's what I'm going. I'm taking it as, well, here's how you want to be communicated with. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, and, and there's, you know, look, I have positives and negatives and how I communicate. I, yeah. you know, succeed and fail with certain people. Like, that, that's how it is. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to get up in front of a group of 3000 people and just knock the socks off of every single person in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And like, right. I think I'm a good speaker too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so I, I have the choice to make in those scenarios. Like, do I fully just change who I am, how I'm speaking, how I'm communicating? Well, the answer probably is pretty clear. No, like I, right. I can't just totally disrupt everything that I've built. Right in what I'm bringing to the table. Right. However, I can adjust those, the ways that I'm communicating um, when I realize that the way that I was communicating isn't helping. Mm-hmm. So if I know I'm not, if I'm in a room of five and I'm not reaching four, well, now we have an issue, right? Right, right. absolutely. Yeah, and so now, you know, and I, I tell young people like, hey, if you think someone's zoning out while you're telling them to join your organization, tell them there's going to be pizza at the meetings. Like, right, something. I love food. Like, you got to just, you got to start to find something that they care about, right? Yeah. Um, and hopefully that leads them into something more fruitful. Mm-hmm. No food pun intended. I know, so fair. I think you did that on purpose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that like we can, we can adjust how we communicate, but when it comes to things foundational, like our, you know, what we value, who we are mm-hmm. as an individual, like, I don't think we should be changing. We should yeah. just be finding the spirit in which to communicate that best to the people around us. I love that. Adjust our communication, adapt our communication, but be true to who we are the whole time. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's very well said. So then let's jump into that. That third big takeaway is something that I know I have been working on and I, for me, this is a, an individual leadership thing first, but is this idea about consistency, about creating good habits or positive habits, however you want to look at them. So what talk to me about how you create habits, how you, how you recommend young people create habits or really anybody, because I agree the consistency and habit making helps us reach our goals, reach where we want to be, but it's hard to do. Yes, for sure. Well, it, yes, I, it's very hard. And Look, I wrote a book on this. That doesn't mean my life is like, wow, I vacuum every Monday. You know, <laughs> like it, it's just not the case. And and I think that's too. Like I say that in my talks is that we're not out here to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like, right. so we, we're going to have strengths. We're going to have weaknesses. If you have a hard time creating a habit around something, there are things we can do to make it a little easier. Yeah. Also recognize like what that is about you. Like, is it something that you don't have a strength in? Should you be pursuing something else? Like, oh, do like you want to follow a strength in a different area? You know, like mm-hmm. why keep bashing your head in trying to do something that maybe isn't the right fit for you? Right. So there, there are good questions we can ask around this. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of creating habits, I think a big piece, um, I, I create four quadrants a lot. It's in, yeah. it's in the book um, yeah. around the urgency and importance of our activities. Mm-hmm. I think that when we can recognize what is urgent and what is important, it helps us get a little bit ahead yep. where when we say, hey, all right, it's very important to me to be a good father, a good mm-hmm. husband, like to be a part of my family. Like, okay, well, if that's very important. Well, then maybe my work is going to take a back seat to that. Like yeah. if, I, if I know that right off the cuff, like then I, then I'm going to prioritize a little differently. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I do this a lot. I create four boxes that, you know, the first one is urgent and important. Next one is urgent and unimportant. Then it's not urgent, but important. And then, you know, not urgent and not important. Mm -hmm. I ask people a lot, like, hey, where is the ideal place to spend your time? And a lot of people are like, well, the urgent and important, of course. So, well, in an ideal world, Mm -hmm. that's actually not correct. Right. In an ideal world, you would actually want to get the important things taken care of before they become urgent. Mm-hmm. So you'd want to spend your time in that second quadrant to say, hey, this is not urgent yet, but I'm going to get to it anyway because it's important to me. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's one thing is just to start to prioritize our time to figure out what's urgent, what's important in our lives, and, and then start to find ways to hack, to hack your productivity, but also mm-hmm. hack your rest, hack like... Yep. I, when I say hack, I don't mean find a shortcut. Right. I mean, I mean find an efficiency. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that we're just like trying to find just like, oh, wow, I can, you know, in two days learn a language. No, you can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I've been on Duolingo. I have a 250-day streak. It is hard. <laughs> and, and so I think that like we, we need to recognize in those areas that we can hack, meaning find efficiencies. Yep. like. If you want to learn to play guitar, you should not put your guitar in your closet at the end of your session. You should keep it out in the middle of your living room because what's visible is going to be a reminder to you at all times. If you don't want to watch as much TV, same concept, move your remote, put it somewhere that is going to be a little bit, put it in a safe. So every time you get it out, you got to actually like put in your safe code, you know, Um, if you don't want to look at your phone as much before you go to bed, get an alarm clock. Simon Sinek, he said he'd buy you one, I think, in one of his interviews. In one of his, yeah. Yeah, he said they're like $10, he'll send you one. Yeah. I've yet to take him up on that, though. I know, it's I not know. a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but like, make sure your phone's not around if you don't want to do it. Like, I have eaten so much healthier since I married Danielle yeah. because she, she does more of the grocery shopping than I do and doesn't buy junk food. Mm-hmm. it's amazing if, if it's not around it's not going to be eaten she bought me something the other day though they were chips but they were made of kale okay i said you do not have to buy me these i don't <laughs> want them. we'll pass on the kale chips there is a line that we have to create somewhere yes um, so, there is. 
You know, find efficiencies. I found a video, a funny video online of someone who mowed lawns for a living and uh, to do all the weeds on the side of the road, he put on some rollerblades and he rollerbladed with his weed whacker and just, and just oh, great. flew down the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we say, oh, how, how funny, how goofy. Yeah. But those are types of people who, I, like, I really come back to. Like, mm -hmm. it's the type of things that you have inside. Are you really looking for these efficiencies? Are you trying to hack your, your eating goals? Or are you trying to, like, put together a better workout program for yourself? Like, are you finding the efficiencies? Like, are you becoming that person? Or are you just looking for just the thing? Like, well, now I go to the gym for 30 minutes every day a week. All right. Well, once that doesn't happen one time, you're, you're done. You're sunk. Right. You feel mm -hmm. like you failed. We need to put a little more emphasis on becoming the type of person. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was uh, Tony Robbins said this once, and it always stuck with me, is um, if you ask someone who doesn't smoke if they want a cigarette, they don't say, no, thanks. I don't want a cigarette. They say, no, thank you. I'm not a smoker. smoker. Right. The act of smoking is so ingrained or not ingrained in them that it has been associated with who they are as a person. I am not a smoker. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to change some things in your life or create great habits, create that type of energy in your life of, is this the type of person I'm becoming? I am an athlete. I okay. am a healthy eater. I am whatever it is. I am a, a person who gets good grades. Like that, mm -hmm. that is ingrained in the type of person we're becoming. And then it's not just about, Hey, I failed one time. It's over with, it's right. not a new year's resolution. It's the type of person we are. And that lasts much longer than just those little pieces along the way. Yeah. Sorry. That was a lot, Brian. Sorry. That I feel no. like that was awesome. And I think you, you put a, such a nice bow on it. I had never thought of it this way before is the I am statements. I am a healthy eater. I am in a person who's in good shape. I am. That is a completely going back to growth mindset. That is a growth mindset flip. Yes. I, at one point I made an entire album of spoken word affirmations Okay. around money, around happiness, around leadership. Um, I put it out there. It, Spotify is doing some things where they're removing spoken word content because they're creating podcast, more podcast oriented um, stuff and things okay. like that. Um, so it's not out there at the moment. I got to figure out how I can get it back out there. Yes, please. Yeah. At some point I'll get it back out there. Um, maybe it'll be in the, I'll call it a podcast and we'll put, I'll put it out there. That's perfect. But, uh, but it was really cool because I, I would say in talks that people could go and check it out that if you're having trouble speaking to yourself, well, Here's a quick example of how to bring some more of this into your life. If the words aren't coming to you, here, here are some words. And now oh, yeah. from these words, create your own. That's awesome. So going off of that, again, Kyle, you're just giving me lead in after lead into everything, which is great. So right now we can't get the spoken words, but you do have uh, songs out there, right? Like you do. Are those available or are those just no, no, on? No, no, those... So I, I took everything down to just reconsider now. Where, where okay. So, where they're gonna go. okay. So that's something. Reworking it. Yes. That's something once we know we can put out there forever. Yes. Yes. But then how about your books, Action Pack Leadership, your two other books, where can people find them? Where can they get them at? 
Yeah, the best place is on Amazon. Uh, just search my name, Kyle Wilkham, or look up Action Packed Leadership. Um, my other books are there as well. If you do, um, if you're a teacher listening to this, if you're someone who works with young people, if you want group rates, um, you can go to actionpackedleadership.com and then get a hold of me. Um, happy to give you a group rate if you're looking to use this in the classroom or elsewhere. Love it. That's awesome. Again, because it's about helping people. That's what yeah, it's all about. Yeah, for sure. How else can people get in touch with you? How else can people ask questions or, or just kind of follow you? Yeah, um, kylewilcom.com. You can send me a message there if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, quips, quandaries. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, people can find me on social media. I'm not the biggest social media user, mm -hmm. uh, but by all means, if you want to see some pictures of my daughter from now on, you know, from time to time, <laughs> uh, I have Instagram and Twitter, uh, Kyle Wilcom on those as well. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Last question. Um, and this is six degrees of leadership. You know, people want, yeah. why is that? Because one of my goals is, Hey, I want to know who are leaders in your life. And then how can I get them on the podcast? Right? Like I, you, you've done a great job building up everything that you have. You know, one thing you talk about in your book and, and there's so much in here, so please go buy it. But we didn't even talk about how to brand yourself or any of that. Like you've branded yourself as this leader. You've had good leaders in your life. So one of the things I want to do is, is who made you, you, and, and let's get them on here, right? Let's let them teach us the things they taught you. So can you give me two people that I should be reaching out to so that we can bring their leadership out to the world? Yes. Um, but before I do real quickly, like when it comes to my leadership and things that I've learned, my parents, my siblings, um, major Washington was a huge impact on me when I was in, in college in the army ROTC program. Yeah. Um, Gary Jepson, a high school soccer coach. Like, it's just so like these types of people had such an impact. Yeah. Um, my, my DECA advisor, Mr. Patterson was incredible. And so just quick shouts out, shout outs to those Absolutely. people. Well, um, two people that I think would be amazing on your podcast that I think have, have impacted me in positive ways and are still doing really cool things. One's name is Jake Kelfer. Okay. Um, he is uh, an author, a speaker as well. He's written several books on, on networking, on entrepreneurship, um, but he now also has a business where he helps people write books in 30 days. And oh, wow. it's, it's really cool. He is, he's fired up. He's, he does a great job with people, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's somebody that you should probably check out at some point. Absolutely. And then the other one, I would say um, someone who at the very start of my entrepreneurial journey spoke a lot of life into what I was doing. Um, I'll never forget sitting at a restaurant and him putting a napkin in front of me and saying, hey, write out what you'd have to do to be an entrepreneur tomorrow. And I just wrote out how many speaking gigs I would need, what I would need to be successful. And like, that napkin became the first business plan I ever created for my business. So uh, his name is Mike Lee. Um, Mike is someone I grew up with, um, not as a peer, but as someone who was older than me. Um, I looked up to as I was growing up. Um, he became very successful in the basketball world, um, has worked with Steph Curry and people like that. Um, and now he has started a mindfulness business as well to help people lean into their meditation and mindfulness practices. Love it. Thank you for that. We'll be reaching out to them. Hopefully, you know, the, the, uh, the six degrees of Kyle are now going to be kind of filling our way all the way out, which is yeah, cool. for sure. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for jumping on. Thank you for being our first guest. Um, awesome stuff. Lots of great knowledge. So again, go check out, uh, 
kylewolcom.com. And then uh, all three of his books, including the one that I just finished, Action Path Leadership, you can get on Amazon. So check it out. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hi again, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you all picked up a tidbit or two from our episode. Now, please do me a favor and like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. Each of those helps build our community of leaders. I appreciate you all. See you next time on Six Degrees of Leadership.